Sometimes you gotta bleed and know that you're alive and have a soul. Hey everyone, Dave and Jeff, another podcast, second podcast of the week. Always exciting though when we have a guest, Jeff. Yeah, especially a good friend that we haven't seen in a while. We didn't know. I didn't really picture this would be the place for him, but I was thrilled <laughs> when I reached out to Scott Lewis the other day from Voice of San Diego and said, hey, come on down. You were nice enough to say it. Scott, been a while. Nice to see you. Yeah, I'm stoked. This is great. Thanks. Uh, man, oh, man. All right. There, there's so much to go through, and I'm really glad you're here because the thing I've always appreciated about Voice of San Diego is you guys shoot down the middle. You don't really have any alliance one way or the other. When we got to know each other, Dave and I were working at 1360. It made sense for us to promote Prop C. We always had to come at it from a pro-Prop C spot. But now we don't have that alliance. We're not at 1360. We're not at 1090. And as we close in on November, 1090 is clearly on the Soccer City side, which is fine. 1360 clearly on the San Diego State side, which is fine. But why I'm glad you're here, and I know Dave feels the same way, is there are a lot of people that are in our category that work 40 hours a week and have kids and want to see something productive at that Qualcomm site and may not exactly know, hey, which one is the right one? Uh, And that's why we're glad you're here, to kind of help us cut through it and, and cut through the weeds I'm um, moving up the, uh, you know, Dennis Rodman's in, <laughs> in Singapore. Oh, my it's, God, that's right. He's in Singapore <laughs> talking about foreign policy, and I'm in a yeah. garage talking about the <laughs> soccer <right>. city. <laughs> we're, we're, we're thrilled to have you. It feels to me, as an outsider now, just watching this, that there is a lot more animosity between the two sides, the soccer city people and the San Diego State people, as I found out, and I think you laughed last week, when I mention something on Twitter, and if you bring up either side on Twitter, it gets really heated. Pro soccer city, pro state. Am I wrong on that? Does this feel a little bit more heated than maybe Prop C? I don't know if you were here in 98. I sure didn't feel it in 98 for that Prop C and in 2016 for the Chargers Prop C. I think what you're seeing is a little bit of the fact that there's kind of two different sports fans involved. Mm. When these other cases... There's usually like a Chargers contingent and then like the taxpayers, like the, you know, non-sports folks, you know, making all these arguments about fiscal responsibility or something like that. And here what you're seeing is two at the at the Twitter level, you're seeing the two sides, you know, the San Diego State stakeholders and people and fans Mm -hmm. and then these soccer fans and, and they're yeah, they're getting into it and and. You know, both are making the case that the other one is ripping off yeah. the people. And, you know, that's it goes quick to, you know, people are corrupt. People are ripping people off. And you start going that route and and it gets, it, you know, it gets mean. It gets real mean. You know, in San Diego, though, it seems like especially that we're always thinking that, too. What is it in for the other guy? Why does it sound like a good deal? Why is the other guy pushing it? And, and going back even to the day the Chargers left, January 12th, 2017, yeah. Chargers announced they're leaving. Well, the mayor doesn't get involved in anything. All of a sudden, on a Friday, the Chargers leave. On Monday, the mayor's like, this is the greatest thing to ever happen. I'm like, how did you jump so quickly unless you knew this was exactly what was going to happen and this is your plan all along to have the Chargers leave and have something else come in? Well, I think that's the untold story. And I'm actually working on a piece. I've been, I've been doing like 10 minutes a week, <laughs> I'm yeah. like just getting more and more on it. But I think that's the story that, that is a really interesting one. 
I, I used to give San Diego State a lot of trouble for, you know, why didn't they have a plan? You know, why didn't they have something cooked up? Well, it turns out that's what Soccer City was. Like, there was both of those sides were working together in a really close relationship for many, many months. And the mayor wouldn't have joined it if he didn't think they were together, you know, if they didn't, mm -hmm. if he didn't think, and he still, you know, he still would have been iffy about it. It was that close, you know, and, and so it fell apart. And I think that's really what highlights this deal. What makes the sense of this deal the best is that it was a, it was a negotiation that went bad, you know, it yeah. went, it went bad and it went bad right when we started to see it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Everybody, this thing been going on behind the scenes for almost a year, you know, of, of them working together and, and San Diego State and these FS investors guys like coming up with, you know, very specific deals and, and terms. And then, you know, it fell apart. And so that's why, yeah, it, the, the reason it looked like it came out of nowhere was because, yeah, it had been baked and it, it was being baked and it, it fell apart right when it became public. For the people, Scott, that will go through their sample ballot and will see plenty of things and, and will get lost in the weeds, let me, let me start first with Soccer City because they seem to be the ones that you see out front. To me, I have 10-year-old boys, and I think an MLS team here would be really fun. Yeah. I, I think they would get into it. Um, and I, and I, we talked about Chargers later, but... I think they would dig it. Yeah, and, and full disclosure, and I would too. I think it yeah, would be cool. Like, yeah, and I'm, me too. And I'm not, I'm not hitting that. You know? No, no, no. I, I think just looking at what maybe more the the LAFC team has done right. on the on the grounds of the old LA Sports Arena is is exciting and it's kind of fun. Um, and I kind of like a, a new San Diego LA rivalry, especially if you could do it with two different teams. But that being said, I've had a problem with Nick Stone and Landon Donovan. Every time I've heard them speak, I've, I feel a tone of snarky. I feel a tone that we know more than you do. And, it, and the, the comparison I made last night was old school Saturday Night Live when Martin Short played the lawyer. And the guy, I know, I know that. I know all that. And... Uh, and and I don't know if I'm being fair or not. When when if I'm a, and now I live in the city of San Diego, so I have a vote from what you've learned, from what you guys have written about a voice of San Diego. What should I be excited about with Soccer City, and what should I be concerned about? And and do you guys have an opinion that one of those outweighs the other? Well, first on your point, I think that you know I used to I used to hear from Landon Donovan for a while too, and and. You know, he'd always be like, I can't believe the city council this, or I can't believe the city. And I'm like, dude, I, I, I can. You know, yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I've, Live been, here. I've been watching this, and, and I think that's probably what you're picking up is that, you know, I, I'm not a native San Diego. I've been here about 16 years now or whatever. Like, it's not, uh, you know, and, and I, I've built up, you know, sure. watching this stuff for a while, and you've watched stuff for a while. And so you have somebody come in and tell you the way it's supposed to be. It doesn't doesn't feel right sometimes. Yeah. Now, I think that um, I think with with uh, Soccer City, the thing you got to be excited about is soccer. Like like they're gonna. And the other point is like they would. It would be a net gain in the sense for the city. The city has. Well, well, let me be clear. The city has an asset. Okay. And money would come from that asset, right? Like it wouldn't be the city paying for a stadium it wouldn't yeah. be the city giving land away or anything it would be a soccer stadium with uh with 
you know, some money coming to the city and then some housing and people, you know, say we need housing. So sure. uh, the other initiative, and this is important, the, the other initiative is merely a, a simple document that says the city, it directs the city, directs the city to sell the land around Qualcomm Stadium and under it to San Diego State. Mm. That's it. It, oh. does, it doesn't lay out anything else. It just says you will do this and there's some other things to think about. Here's some other things that, that this deal has to keep in mind. But it doesn't do anything else but that. The Soccer City one is, you know, 300 times as long because it does lay out exactly, well, sort of what it'll do. Okay. So then you have to take the next step and say, well, if you're, a soccer, if you're into the San Diego State thing, then you have to then you have to look at what the university says it would do were it to get a hold of that land, and then you know you have to kind of keep in mind well that is kind of determined by what what the California State University system would, would figure out. <laughs> yeah, true. So so on the one hand, Soccer City lays out a bunch of things, but the other the main criticism to the Soccer City plan is that it is full of flexibility for Soccer yeah. City. And, you know, it doesn't say anything about where buildings will be, you know, where different. It says a lot of people say it'll have 700,000 square feet. Well, it could have like 10,000 square feet of retail. So it, it could it could go all over the map. It, there's a lot of flexibility there. So basically, <laughs> to get excited about soccer, city, you have to be excited about soccer. And uh, if you don't want any of that to happen, there's an option there, too. You know, I'm so. <laughs> see, I can already see I'm losing. Yeah. No, <laughs> no, 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 not at all. Because you're thinking about the next step down and what. Yes. And Dave, I'm sorry. I'm looking at that, going, this is this. I know how this city is, yes. Scott. I've been here 35 so I was years. Say the same thing. I'm yeah. already thinking this is going to drag out to 2020 because you have to lay it out in layman's terms. And when you said flexibility, I think about we're an older town. There's a lot of juice amongst those older guys, and they're going to want to know step by step. Yeah. So, no, I'm, Dave, yeah, am were, I were, crazy? No, we're that? thinking the same thing. I was about to say the same thing. I said this to Jeff before, too. I've been here for 29 years, and I told Jeff I still feel like an outsider. Yeah. Like, I see, I see things that seem so fucking simple, and then they aren't. And just like Landon Donovan's head is spinning. And I'm looking at Magic Johnson tweet out yesterday. He goes, What a great weekend. My Dodgers won, my Sparks won, my new soccer team won. That soccer stadium went up like that. Yeah. The, the new yeah. stadium in LA, the football stadium is going up like that. We drag our feet. As Jeff says, we're an old town. How long are we going to be an old town? I mean, it seems like everybody wants it to be the way it was in the late 60s. I can't understand it. it but seems if like you're we're taking so us progress. as a city to dinner, we want to know where we're going before we get in the car. I'd break up with you. You know what I mean? <laughs> I can't take your bullshit enough. No, already. It, it's exhaust. It is exhausting. Am I wrong on that, Scott? They want to know what we're paying for. What are we getting? Tell us you can't, uh, and I think that yeah. that's a challenge for both, it sounds like. I don't think that it's the sort of traditional don't build anything crowd that I got agree. this. I think what got this, and this is what I'm trying to lay out in my reporting, is there was basically a deal coming together between the kind of second and maybe the president's office at the university, like the, the people in charge of the university on the day-to-day -day basis, right? Yeah. Flying the plane every day. And and it kind of got to the point where it was getting so close to a deal that some other folks who, you know, think of themselves as being in charge of the vision, the long-term vision of the university, who said, whoa, 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 whoa. Mm -hmm. This is the city's land. 
This is something we could do a lot more with. This is something the San Diego State could do a lot more with. Pull the brake, pull the parachute on this thing. Let's let's step back and figure it out better. You know, you guys are thinking every day about what we need. Fine, you do a good job keeping the university going. We are in charge of thinking about it for the long term. And they and they, you know, they stepped in and said, "Let's do something different. Let's kill this plan." So that's another thing to think about. You have two choices. You can vote for SDSU West or you can do Soccer City, or you can reject them both, Mm -hmm. which is a de facto win for San Diego State University. San Diego State University would be very happy if this thing sits there for quite some time right now, I think. I think they'd be pleased if it went through a longer process. Well, you know, we were were talking about this yesterday, but... You know, the city is run by people that are basically San Diego State alums. I'm a San Diego State alum. You know, my wife's a San Diego State alum, and so many people feel a connection there. More people apply to San Diego State right now than any university in the country. 96,000 people apply to this university every year, yet they only let 8,000 in. So San Diego State's saying, if we have another campus, basically, it's more money. The, obviously, people throughout the state would love for San Diego State to expand, but I'm done with San Diego State. That part of me has passed, and, and as, as much as I want to see the programs win, I'm ready for something more. And so what does that give back to me? And people who are non-sports fans will say education is the most important thing. I'm a big fan of education, but I want to see sports at the highest level here in San Diego. This is where I'm at right now. I'm not a big soccer fan, but I'd gladly take a soccer team, not to replace the NFL or the NBA, NHL, but that's eventually what I would like is for those to come back. I think what's most exciting about a soccer team is that for all of us who moved here, it's like a chance to start with a mm-hmm. new team, right? Like yeah. it's a chance to start with something new where we yeah. all, all can unite. And I don't know, that, that's, that's that. But yeah, I think the the San Diego State poll is, is strong. It's really strong. Yeah. And, you know, Kevin Faulkner's feeling, he went to, he was one of the student body president guys, you know, yeah. like he, you know, he feels it. And and, uh, and I think it's, it's a tough one for him to hold on to supporting Soccer City still. Scott, are we a lazy... Uh, uh, voter base. I mean, and, and take last Tuesday out. I know I saw the number. I think it was twenty four percent. But as a whole, when you look at San Diego, just versus L A. or San Francisco or on the West, Vegas and Phoenix, do you feel like we as a group are just kind of like, hey, just give us the Cliff's notes, or or are we, or is that the way it's trending across think, the country? I don't think people appreciate that this is a different place in the sense of it's small. Yeah. And it's, it's you know, LA is building subways. It's getting ready for the Olympics, probably going to get LeBron. You right. know, it's like, yeah. it's uh, building stuff, all building tons of housing. And, and I think the difference is, you know, San Diego is like the seventh or eighth largest or whatever city, mm-hmm. but it's like the 25th largest metropolitan media yeah. market, right? Yeah. Like it's a not, it's not a big place. And so we get caught up, you know, we're, we're around these big cities. We see these big cities get stuff done, but it's just a fundamentally more difficult prospect here. Like, uh, you know, it's just, it's, we couldn't keep the NFL team. They basically said, you can't give us, you know, five, $600 million. So we're going to get that from corporations in LA. Yeah. You know, it's, it's like, it's, that was the difference. We would, we would have to pay for it through taxes, what they can get from rich people in LA. Yeah. And so, you know, that's just a, that's, that's tougher, you know, and that's, we're a small place. We are, you know, it's, there's some big buildings downtown, but it's just, it's not the same thing. You know, when Jeff just said, are we lazy? You know, when I watch, when I show up up to vote, I can vote within 20 minutes. I can show up, vote, get in and out. Then I watch the news up in Los Angeles and there are people that will stand in line and say, I've been here for six and a half hours. 
but it's important that I vote. Are we lazy? Are we also, are we knowledgeable? For a guy who this is your job, yeah. do you ever stand around and listen to people talk and go, man, you have no fucking idea what you're <laughs> talking about? Time. I do too, and I don't know what you know. I do it too. <laughs> yeah. No, I do, and I think that the, the hard part for San Diego is it's filled with people who uh, look like military, who are in and out, mm-hmm. Uh, retirees who came here, you know, from a different place, they paid their dues somewhere else. They're just here to live. Uh, you know, young people who come from Wisconsin or the Midwest or something. And they're, they're just here for a few years after college to hang out. Some of them stay around. Uh, but you know, it's, it's just a different, more transitory, you know, population. It's a more, it's just, it's not the same. There's the San Diego state base. There's plenty of, you know, rabid, fans it's just smaller i mean it's literally just a smaller group of people and that means fewer people that can you know pool in on on big projects i've i've said for a while that we're a town that reacts we don't act and i think unfortunately we paid the price in a lot of things not only the nfl team but i just remember at the time when it was going on the building and the initial expansion of the convention center and just looking at and going we're 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 cutting yeah. corners and eventually we're going to have to come back and do this again. Just do it right the first time. That That's what makes it crazy. There's so many other things to talk about. I don't want to waste our entire time on this. But as it stands today, and I know a lot will change over the next couple of months, as it stands right today, if you had a bit of quarter, do you think either one of them passes? I think they probably are both going to fail. That's yeah. what I would bet on. That doesn't mean it will. The sure. soccer, soccer city's done a lot lately to try to win over fans early. Their their theory being it's a lot easier to win them now than to try to convert them if they've been tainted by some negative advertising. Yeah. So maybe they pull through. They're doing a lot to brand people, or to brand you know to, yeah. to brand the franchise and some of the efforts. And I think, um, but I think the San Diego State we haven't seen the be- beginning of what that culture can bear down on a project i mean they can they can bring everything to it a lot of very important people in town a lot of money yeah and then there's a third thing going on this is the uh the lawsuit from the city attorney's office Mm. city attorney said that both projects this is really interesting that both projects illegally tie the hand of the city that (laughs) that, yeah that you can pass an initiative to change a city law you know like change this law change Mm. that zoning change whatever but you can't pass an initiative, she says, that says exactly what the mayor does after that law passes, right? You okay. can't, you can say like, this law is different, but you can't say the mayor has to do this after that. The mayor's the mayor. He gets to do what he wants as long as it's not illegal and as long as it's part of his job, right? Sure. And so that's the argument. And I think it's actually a pretty good one. I was talking to a guy from uh, San Diego State, uh, friends of San Diego State, but Jack McGrory. And sure. And I was like, uh, you know, what do you think about that? And he's clearly like, God damn it. Like, <laughs> I just dropped $2 million in yeah. this or whatever, you know, like, why couldn't you tell me that a couple, you know, a couple yeah. months ago before we all put this money in? And that, that I think reveals like, you know, it's not that they really want San Diego State West, SDSU West. They want to kill Soccer City. This is their saying like, okay, you don't want, you want to do something now. Here's what we would do. Wow. All right. Let me ask you, let's say... The city of San Diego calls you tomorrow and says, Scott, you're a bright guy. You're going to write what's best for the city. You're a knowledgeable person. Here's yeah. the golden pen. What is best for this city? The outlines of this kind of deal have been around for 15 years. The Chargers in 2003 came up with a deal to build a stadium there. The city came up with it, too, to mm-hmm. build a stadium there in exchange for some of the land 
to build housing nearby, right? Yep. And they were going to use the money from the housing to build the stadium. The outlines of that deal are what we're still seeing. It's still it's still part of this. It's like a ghost. It keeps coming. And that will that land, mark my words, in whatever time frame, will be some sort of sports facility combined with p- places for people to live. That nice. will happen. It's just it might take <laughs> 25 right. years. Oh, my God. Yeah. My point is, is like, so that is what should happen to that land. There should be... A, a switch another thing to keep in mind that land is city land the city owns that land you got to be careful about the city just handing things like when you own something yeah you know, my dad gave me my uh, great-grandfather's old car he said you just yeah. can't you can't ever sell it which i'm like what am i supposed to do with it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah but it's a nice model a 19th you know like that's a thing you just it's an asset you know it's a thing in the family you don't you don't just you know piss it away you keep you you do something yeah. with it and um and you know this is a thing not only is that land the city it's actually the city's water department and yeah. water is is the nectar of this of this whole county we don't we're not here unless we bring water here and so those are assets set aside for that particular purpose and so it's not just being fuddy-duddy like we got to make sure we do right by them you know yeah. we got to make sure we do right by that effort and so i think there's a way to do that that you know gets us what well, everything we want yeah and i think maybe it will take both of these failing and the city saying all right what's everybody's idea let's do this in a more straightforward way that's what they did with liberty station liberty station's not a bad place right now but yeah. there was a lot of controversy about it even though it went through the open process of of the master planning so what if i live in mission valley because if i mission yeah. valley already has been a challenge to get in and out of coming down Friars Road. And that's a challenge for Aztecs or U2 or Chargers, soccer, Jehovah's, right? Whatever's there. But if you're you're putting this massive project that is going to take a period of time to get done, I've been to the Inglewood project. There's no residential right there. It's in the middle, it's it's nothing. And they're, they're tucked away, it has no direct impact. Downtown during Prop C. It really had very little direct impact. But you look at that area of Friars Road, and there's independent businesses and residential, Scott. I mean, the impact on them. Has anybody talked to, you know, it's not the people that move under the flight path and complain about the noise. But if you're living there in Mission Valley, that is completely turning that area upside down. Yeah, and it's been poorly planned for decades now. Yeah. And so I think what's interesting about that question is, neither of the plans envision a lot of parking there's a lot of dependence on public transit in these in these visions wow uh, we're moving away from the idea of a stadium being in the middle of a parking lot that everybody kind of crowds around like you were talking about you know 1998 when people were mm-hmm. before the games the padre game or whatever that must have been quite a scene incredible so, yeah like that's done done <laughs> it's done that's get gone. used to it and so both plans envision something but the soccer city in particular you know, there's a there's a sort of side fight on this, okay. because if um, if the soccer city, if you say that you need more traffic or more parking um, accommodations, mm-hmm. then you're actually taking a stance against the city's new climate action plan. The city has a whole law in place yeah. that says we need to have homes more tightly packed next to transit. Yep. And so um, this is this is basically them saying, all right, we did this. If you don't think this 
um, initiative fits with that vision, then your whole climate action plan's in trouble because this is as perfectly fit as possible. Now, again, there's all these flexibilities built into that that planning, but ostensibly, if they built everything they're saying that they'd build, that's the difference. Another big difference about these two plans to keep in mind is the San Diego State has no plans for the Murphy Canyon property of the old Chargers facility. Mm. And the soccer guys want to turn that into like a soccer academy. So that's mm. a big difference. Like that's yeah. a, we're talking about a whole significant side deal on that as well. Yeah. Interesting. You know, when you look at what people are talking about as far as a new stadium for San Diego State football, for me, it always seems like it's small. And even when you listen to Rocky Long talks and look, this program's never been in better shape. We're expanding. We want a, a big stadium. We want to be able to recruit four or five star players to come to San Diego State. People aren't going to play in a 35,000-seat stadium when they can go two hours up the road and play in a 100,000-seat stadium at USC, UCLA. So for San Diego State looking at their football program and us hoping one day to, to lure the NFL back if that ever happens, what size stadium is the right size for San Diego State to try and pursue? Well, they're, they're only aiming for a you know 40,000-seat uh, stadium right now, and the plan to expand that is – complete fantasy like the idea that they're going to build something 60 or whatever to accommodate an nfl i mean the nfl would have to fundamentally shift its whole its whole yeah. thinking its whole projections of what it's doing so you know it, that's what they're, they're basically going for there was a big problem though between san diego state and soccer city not there was it was often boiled down about the size the number of seats that that wasn't really the main thing i from what i gather there was there was a problem there but the real problem was, you know, J.D. Wicker and others saying, like, this just isn't a football stadium. This isn't a mm -hmm. this is a soccer stadium that you're cramming us into. Now, there's arguments on both sides where they're saying, well, you were part of you picked the architect that we were working with. And so, you know, there's a, that kind of discussion. But in the end, you know, they were they were trying to fit two things together that if you're working better together, maybe you can. But it just wasn't coming it, it feels like I swear it feels like uh, the the lead family member has passed away and now the and now yeah. the kids are battling for the estate. <laughs> um, I'm sure there's plenty of people, Scott, that want to know like I do. Like I, I would be a fan of both. I would like it. Do we have any chance of them coming back together? If and would it only is that only scenario plausible if they both fail? I mean, I guess at this point they got to write it out individually. But is there any chance that they can come back together and kind of work together to and and get everybody on track? I don't think so. Wow. I, I, I the mayor I think holds out a little hope, but I don't think so. I think that un the only way that happens is if Soccer City wins. If mm. Soccer City wins and SDSU does worse, yeah, uh, the SDSU West plan does worse. The Friends plan, then I think. SDSU is going to work with whatever Soccer City figures out, but they're going to be in a different leverage position. It's going to be probably worse. Um, I don't see a way they work out together. They they've they've gone so far down. Yeah. There's been so much money spent yeah. now that the goal is to kill Soccer City and have them run off. You know, and again, that's too bad because it's not. It's, we talk about Nick Stone and stuff. Sure, we're talking about like Peter Seidler. Yeah, part of, we're talking about Michael Alt or Altman. We're talking about. Um, you know, uh, Steve Altman, excuse me. We're talking about Mike Stone. You know, we're talking about people that aren't foreigners. They're not, Correct. you know, they're part of San Diego. And, and um, uh, it, it's, they, they, should, they should be able to work together on this. It, there's no reason a, a soccer team and San Diego State couldn't play together there.
I yeah. mean, that's dumb. Of course they could. Like, we can figure that out. It's just that, uh, you know, it's a deal that went bad. It was yeah. a deal that went bad. You know, from the outside, I'd be shocked if Soccer City wins. I mean, I would be because San Diego State's going to get people like my wife, who's not a sports fan, that's going to hear San Diego State and think education and go, I'm going in that direction. Mm-hmm. And that's, you're automatically going to win, I think, with the San Diego State alums that aren't sports fans. Well, not only that, but they made an odd decision to not build any allies. <laughs> they don't. You know, a big a big political force in this town right now are labor unions. Like labor yeah. unions are, they're they're you know, forcing themselves to be part of the convention center expansion plan. You know, they're part of all these city races. They're gonna you know the next mayor is gonna have you know some support from labor probably. I mean, it's a you know labor is you don't build anything on the waterfront in San Diego without labor support right yeah. now. It's like a de facto thing. It's not even a question. And so, you know, the same thing here with public land in the middle of the city, they've, uh, and I'm not saying they, that it, they need to work with labor because mm-hmm. labor's the best. I'm telling like, you can't do it yeah. if, you, if these guys are going to mobilize against you, especially if the Republicans are mobilizing yeah. against you too. They, they've decided to take on like the, like the, the San Diego state culture, the Republican, the top financier for the Republicans, you know, Tom Sudbury, nearby Savita property. Yeah. And then the, the labor unions. Like, well, I mean, that's it's a political gauntlet. I mean, yeah. that's, and in this y- town, especially. Yeah. Right? Come on. I mean, like those those groups lined up against you. That's of course, that's a death. So I don't know why they haven't figured out a deal. If they could get labor on board, they've gotten a few other people like that. Then, then things might change, but it's brutal right now. You know, one of the things that, that happened, going back to what we talked about with the Chargers, was we don't have the Fortune 500 companies here. To me, uh, somebody loves it here. It's always fascinated me because I think sometimes we forget who we are. And being in sports media and having the opportunity to travel – you go to a lot of fun places, but you go, I'd rather be here than Peoria or, or 50 other cities we went to. And it, it just, it reminded me so much of why we're San Diego when Amazon decided not to come here. And it felt like it was covered for 14 seconds. And I looked at that and said, how do, how do we lose Amazon? Like that should be where somebody goes, hang on, we're going to get to Soccer City and we're going to get to it. But I, I mind blank back to when Oprah and Obama went on behalf of Chicago to try to get the Olympics, understood they failed. But my point being, we should have had everybody going, we're going to bring Amazon in here. We're going to bring Amazon to San Diego. We got crushed with what happened at Qualcomm. And then we're going to start chasing people and change the vibe. When Amazon didn't come here, Scott, am I crazy on that? It felt like it was covered in the UT, like a small little blurb, and it moved on. Um, How different would we have been as a city, as a county, to take that Fortune 500 company into our wings? I think that the thing that is holding San Diego back the most right now is housing. So Amazon was clearly looking for a place where it could handle the housing stock. Uh, okay. 50,000 new employees come into San Diego. Where would they you yeah. know, live and how would they pay for it? And one of the ingredients with that was how can they get around town without a car, perhaps? Oh, okay. Um, and, yeah. you know, housing costs without a car option. You, you, you can have one or the other yeah. to be a great city. You can have, you know, uh, cheap housing, but it's easy to drive around. Yep. 
or you can have expensive housing, but it's easy to get around other ways. Sure. We don't have either. So, uh, you gotta, you gotta, you know, it's not that bad, but it's, it's, uh, it's, it's not good. High gas prices, high, high cost of living. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, to, so that's why, you know, you got great cities like, uh, and that's why LA is putting so much money in, in transit system. That's why, you know, Chicago, you can get around some of these cities a little easier. San Francisco. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so, um, you know, some of these cities are a little bit better set up for that sort of thing. I think that, you know, but back to your point, I think that we don't have people laying out that vision right now. Yeah. We got a mayor who it's uh, gotten a lot more fired up over the last year or so since mm-hmm. the homeless crisis really yeah. erupted. But, I mean, that means he had four or five before that really got going. Um, yeah. You've got, you don't have people laying out, you know, a vision of how things could be different at all. And and that's part of the that's part of what I would lay on San Diego. That was going to be my next question. How good is our mayor? How good are our politicians? You know, the politicians are are polled in a lot of different ways. We talked about labor, but then there's also this, you know, there's a lot of people who don't want any housing nearby at all. And so, you know, they don't want anything built anywhere. They're fine. They got their stake. They're by the yep. coast. They're good. Yeah. And so they put a tremendous amount of pressure on their politicians mm-hmm. to leave it as is. Don't touch anything. Don't raise taxes. Don't don't build anything nearby, and you know don't let vacation rentals in. That kind of thing mm-hmm. consumes uh, these city council members and stuff. So that's why you have to have a mayor who comes out has a much broader vision for the whole city, for the whole region. And you know the mayor didn't. You know he he very clearly didn't want to do that. He very clearly for years didn't want to do that. Again, now he's sort of shifting up. He's starting to flex some muscles, but. Uh, that's because he's coming towards his legacy time, you know. Like this is this is the last two years now. Well, one thing um, that the NFL told us, and taking prop C out of it, but the one thing that the NFL told us was find a way to get a stadium built downtown. Because if they got it built downtown, going to what you said, Scott, they said the Super Bowl will be in San Diego every four to five years because we can park, we can go to the hotel, and we can literally walk everywhere downtown. And that was the deal you wanted. And, and you kind of had a vision of more money coming in and thinking about the what what downtown was before Petco to where it is after. Uh, Dave and I are doing a charity event coming up on, on August the 1st. And one of the five charities that we're donating money to is Bob McElroy at the Alpha Project. And spending time downtown and looking at it and saying, okay, it was bad before Prop C, and now we've got a lot of fun stadium or sidewalk cafes. But you swing out to about 13th and Imperial, and it's tent city. Yeah, and it's rough. heartbreaking, man. It's heartbreaking because you see kids and everything else. Well, they really cleaned it out, though. I mean, yeah. they, they spread them out throughout the city, but they they really cleaned it in a way that it's it's a little disturbing, actually. Yeah. They pushed them out. But it's North Park right. now and Hillcrest and La Mesa. And yeah, it's it, bad. And, and it's everywhere. What what happens next for downtown and what happens next for that? I, I mean, you hear the stories that other cities put put their homeless on a bus and head them to San Diego. I don't know if that's truth or fiction, but but, you know, Bob's down there doing his thing. But man, oh, man, he's only got 10 fingers and there's a lot of holes in the dam. What happens next and how do they get it taken care of? I don't know. You know, the the. Probably one of the least talked about reasons why there's so much homeless downtown is that we literally got rid of thousands of single room occupancy mm. hotels. These sort of cheap hotels where yeah. people could spend a week or whatever. Got rid of all of them. 
Yeah. And and now we're wondering why there's 3000 people in the street, right? Yeah. Like now this there's a, it's it's a it's a situation that a lot of west coast towns are dealing with all all the way up to Seattle, but I think that you know that housing issue is, is a big deal. You you need to have that level of housing that's not a slum. Yeah. That's that's a that's a small affordable place that you can you can take a shower and you can live you know like that's a we need that we need thousands and thousands of those places and then we need uh mental health support services Mm -hmm. to to provide for the people who literally can't get into something like that but i think there's some exciting things going on i think the biggest the most exciting one right now is sports arena so sports arena uh right now all those leases the city is trying to plan it so that all those leases that's city land too yeah. All those leases around, and it's not just Sports Arena in the parking lot. It's like Dix, uh, Dixieland Lumber. Yeah, they took a restaurant out of there, whatever the steakhouse was, Black Angus or something. Phil's Barbecue, all those places, yeah. they're all leased on city land. Okay. The city is trying to time it so that most of those, or a lot of those, leases in 2020, and somebody can come in and redo that whole area. Oh, wow. And so one of the ideas is to build another arena there and build some condos around mm-hmm. it. Uh, another idea is to just do a whole bunch of condos and other things there and then build an arena downtown uh, yeah. in, in the tailgate park or our MTS uh, bus yard area. Does Ernie own that land? I've heard conflicting stories that, that Han or Josai or other people have a, a parcel of land down there. Yeah, to the best of your knowledge, do you know if that's true? No, um, no, they don't own anything. From what we can tell, they don't own anything. They might have some partnership or something we can't see. Okay. But um, the... Ernie, you know, uh, manages the sports arena. Sure. But um, the, there is talk about Cy in particular and supporting an arena downtown. And they think that an arena with the goals, with uh, lacrosse and with concerts, that could be enough. And it could also be used for, you know, potentially an NBA type thing or, or something else. But the uh, conventions, right? I mean, yeah, all kinds of the, stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, get and, us back in that loop. But that's that's the most exciting thing going, and that's the city does have its act together on that issue okay, because uh, the community plan going forward for the Midway area is, is hot and heavy coming down the pike. Okay, and that's you know that's on the track to get passed. That passes, uh, you know, if they want to build another arena that tall, you have to get a vote of the people, but it ostensibly could work it, so it wasn't a cost to the yeah to the um, taxpayers. So there's a lot a lot of opportunity there. Could See, be. I like that. That's what we're talking. That's where you go. Okay, because I know that area, Dave. You know that area, of but but I worked down there for two years, and I'm down by there. And you look at it; it's got that whole area that you're talking about. That's oh, a goddamn mess. Yeah, <laughs> it is a goddamn <laughs> mess, and all of it can come out of there and take it out with respect. If anybody's working down there, not a personal attack on you, but you know it, man. We're San Diego. It you gotta you gotta find a way to get us back on the game. That would be great. And I, I yeah. like your idea of bringing the arena downtown and just cleaning up. You have freeway. I mean, you can access every freeway right there. Everything's pretty Yeah, easy. the only obstacle is the Padres have, you know, 1,100 parking spots that they want to protect. You can figure this out. Sure. You can figure all this out. And there's, there's you know, smart, very wealthy people, maybe not so smart, wealthy people. Yeah. All involved right now talking about that. And they just don't call me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is there a city, because it always seems like we just can't get out of our way. I mean, we have everything. We all love San Diego, and yeah. the weather's great, and if I was homeless, I'd be here too. And, yeah. You know, I mean, I wouldn't freeze up in San Francisco. Is there a city in the United States that you look at and say, this is a good blueprint for San Diego to follow? Um, well, Denver. Uh, Denver gets a lot of stuff done. Um, 
you know, I, I think it's, it's in that same, it's hard to, it's hard to parallel anything because San Diego has this unique position, right? Yeah. We're jammed up against the border. Yeah. We got, um, you know, there's a joke in, in local politics about this saying, but we're, we got the border, we got the mountains, we got LA to the North and, and, and Camp Pendleton and the, and then the ocean. And so we're in this little cul-de-sac. And so it's a little bit different, you know, Denver and other places, they can spread out more. And, and, you know, there's just a booming economy with the cheaper housing. Again, I, I, I hate to bring everything back, but housing that's too expensive, it, it, it shuts down businesses. Mm-hmm. It makes all kinds of things a lot harder. And so it's just, people don't want to have the, they want to create a business here and then they want to yeah. move it to Peoria. You know yeah, what I mean? Exactly. They, they don't want to have to, um, uh, you know, pay people enough to stay here. And so, you know, we have this weird way where we have a lot of people making a lot or very little money mm-hmm. and we have a lot of people making a bunch of money, mm-hmm. but we don't have this hard middle, you know, fan base kind of thing, you know, it's, and that's to build that we'd have to build a lot of housing. We would have to, we'd have to support them. Of the, of the surrounding cities, the national cities, the Chula Vista, Carlsbad, whoever else you want, La Mesa. Uh, who are the cities we should keep an eye on? Who are the ones you look at and you go, you know, these are the guys that are going to kind of watch what's happening in the city of San Diego, not just sports-wise, if even sports-wise, but who is kind of, if any of them, Scott are on track to go, uh, we're going to come in and we're going to get one of these major projects. We're going to bring it in. We're going to generate uh, funds for our local economy. We're going to bring people in and off we go. Any of them we should keep an eye on? Uh, Chula Vista is the only one that I find exciting that way. You know, everywhere else is just protecting their way of life, right? Like everywhere else is just protecting what they got. Uh, National City, to some extent, is going to be exciting politically. This is a tiny place, you know. Um, But Chula Vista is a big place. It's got uh, Bayfront that's going to get developed. It's got this this And that is going through, right? I mean, that'll happen. That'll happen. And then you've got the um, giant university land that they've, you know, maybe that's not a university, but that's a huge city asset that they can do something with over time. And, and there's a lot of opportunity to continue to live in, in a place like this for, for less, you know, and, and it's a good place, you know? And so I think that, I think that, you know, as far as places that could make a difference, that's, it's Chula Vista and city of San Diego, everywhere else is just keep it. Don't mess with it, man. See, when probably around the time you first came to San Diego, Jeff and I were on the air talking charger football, of course. And, I always thought the perfect place was by the J Street Pier for that stadium yeah. because you're right there. The aerial shots with the Goodyear Blimp would be the you know the, the the bridge and downtown, and you'd have the Gaylord Entertainment with the hotel. It seemed like it was so easy, and you had so many freeways that came into that area that it seemed like it was a no-brainer. And this was going to be great for for Chula Vista, yeah. not you know ten minutes from downtown. And, and we're all and, those- and you're ready to go, and it, everything just fell apart, and it seemed like there was no solution after that. There was like four of those, right? They yeah. did Chula Vista, and there was Escondido, Oceanside. There was all these, and I remember being like, "This is dumb. We're just, we're just, <laughs> yeah. we're just bouncing from each yeah. one." But yeah, Chula Vista was the one that made the most sense, and and I thought that they were, uh, I thought they had a chance with that. That ba- the Bayfront was a was a good opportunity. Again, the Chargers, you know, it was so weird, and I knew the Chargers were going to leave the moment when they started being nice to me. <laughs> you know, yeah. you know, Bobbiani or who? Yeah, because I used to cover him for years before I really popped up on the radar of the sports, yeah. you know, radio. Like, and I and I was rough because they were always, you know, painting these pictures of what they could do, and 
and I would I would write these stories sort of bringing it back to reality, right? Yeah. And then when they started embracing that narrative and they started talking to me about it and saying like, you know, you were right about this or oh that. Boy. I was like, oh, this is not good for the Chargers like staying in San Diego because I think it became clear that they switched from sort of picturing what could be done to emphasizing how hard it would be to get anything done. And that's when I realized like, this is not going to go well for no. people who want to build a stadium here. This is this is being shut down is what it's being done. So funny to look back because for us, we met Mark Fabiani in 2002. Yeah. So we talked yeah, to him in 2003 for me. Yeah. yeah. So we talked to him in 02. We talked to him in 04 when this city uh, explained it to me. I have no idea how we vote Mike Aguirian, who had been such a thorn in the side, and all of a sudden we vote Aguirian. And that whole thing. And, and Scott, you know it because you were there in those days. Fabiani, for a long time, during the Escondido and the Oceanside, was the most optimistic guy in this community. When when We've told this story a million times. When they were going to Oceanside and they felt like on the side of the drive-in they could do it in Orange County and everything else. And the Oceanside Pilots Association, I grew up in Cardiff. I, I didn't even know planes. I just thought it was called Airport Road. I didn't think anybody flew in there. When they shut down that project, and I just said, God damn it, stop being Mayberry by the Sea. And he just said, hey, it's it's part of doing business. We get back after it tomorrow. But then all of a sudden, my opinion on it, I'll ask Dave and Scott, I'll ask you, was they started to look around and they had a little bit of the the little brother deal. And they looked at what Minnesota was given or Atlanta was given or Dallas was given or New York. And they said, hey, this city loves us. Give it to us. And we were like, screw you. But it was such a a weird dynamic to watch because you could see kind of the personality change from the team. For me, it felt like I was telling my buddy at work today. It felt like watching the lead guy in full metal jacket pile. And he's happy and he's going. And all of a sudden, he gets really, really mad. And we, we put him in a corner, and the league put him in a corner. And we were, Dave and I were saying every day on 1360, they're going. This team is going, they're leaving, and people were like, enough with the scare tactics. And then when they left, it was heartbreaking because it was devastating to people that didn't want to believe it. When you look back at that entire picture, shocked that nobody locally wrote a book, but I guess it'd just be too painful to read. Well, is there one thing you take away? Is there two things you take away from that entire thing? Because, man, you talked about it every day. We talked about it every day. But I, I just felt like this community was never prepared for the sadness that that covered us like a blanket. I, th- I think the biggest thing that happened was in that 2003-2004 period, we had a deal. We could have figured it yeah. out. What four hundred million? Yeah, I think that was yeah. the number that Fabiani that's, put out. Four hundred. That's million. nothing. And after, and we would have been part of that sort of generation of stadiums: the Houston, the Denver. Nashville. Yeah, the yeah. the and those are affordable, good stadiums, right? Yeah. Is that Cincinnati and Pittsburgh too? I mean, not trying to go ninety exactly. different examples, but, but there's the, a but just a nice football stadium. Yeah. Not not the not the what we're seeing Jury's being world. built now, yeah. right? Like, sure. And so. That period, that was our chance. That was San Diego's chance. And Aguirre had a role, but the biggest role was this city. city was just kind of scandal plagued. It was, oh, yeah. in a, it was in a mess. 
And then the recession came. The, the the housing market started falling apart and nobody wanted to be partners with the Chargers. That was the big thing. There was just no nobody wanted to put up the money to build that and they didn't have the urgency to yeah. to really rustle it up and just just take a risk and do it. Yeah. They didn't have the capital to do that. They didn't have the money to do that. And so we missed that window. After that, it's all just it just what it took for them to leave at that point yeah. because looking back there was just no way to make it happen. The, the NFL stadiums went through the roof. Mm-hmm. I mean, literally. I yeah. mean, like they just yeah. they were got way too expensive for for San Diego, and and it was a matter of just who was going to tell San Diegans that cleanly. And and the Chargers ended up doing it. It just it literally took them two years to explain that to San Diego. Were you shocked by the reaction, knowing that what you knew and knowing probably in your heart, even though we didn't want to admit it, that they were going to leave? Was there any part of you shocked at how hard people took it where you kind of go, wait a minute, we've been no. we've been setting you up for this for two years? No, because there were two people who were misleading them, mm-hmm. and they were powerful people. One was the NFL. Yep. You know, you, heard, you saw that uh, Grubman, Eric Grubman, yeah. he, he retired. Yeah. You know, I, I'd be on the phone with him all the time. He'd be like, don't, this is a thing, you know, we'll figure it out. This is, yeah. you guys are overreacting. They're not going to leave. And I'd be like, I don't know, man, it looks pretty bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, there's a moving van there. <laughs> this isn't very good. Yeah. And he'd be like, no, we got the, remember we did the Patriots, then they were going to leave. And then we figured that out. And we, you know, we figured out Denver, we figured out all these places. Mm-hmm. It figures out over time. And, you know, th- there's the NFL angle, and then there's the the city angle. They were like, "Look, they're just playing, and you know, they're not gonna really move. Yeah. What are they gonna go move in with the Rams? Yeah. That's crazy. That's not yeah. gonna happen." And I think the I think the moment that everything changed was when Stan Kroenke bought the land in L.A. Yeah, yeah. and Dean was like, "Well." fuck you yeah know, like what am i gonna do yeah and and he he freaked out he said fine i'm gonna race to la and then he made the decision there again to join with the raiders and then we know the whole story yeah that but that was the moment where it was like that's it there san diego was out at that we're point. done yeah but you know it took us two years to figure that out you know not to uh because people take this as a, you're you're a dean apologist but when you look at the Spanos family, the Spanos family is not a wealthy NFL owner. It's obvious that they're renting the stadium. I mean, they don't have the money other NFL owners have. Situation is, as a family, this being a family business, that wasn't coming from a major market, wasn't making a ton of money here compared to other teams. They also had to worry about Alex. And Alex, the fact being in his mid-90s, there's major death tax that's coming. So... Do they have the money to keep the business going, pay the death tax for Alex, and everything kind of come into a front at one time? That yeah. it, I was saying, there's no way in hell that the Spanos can get this done in San Diego without major help yeah. from the taxpayers, the voters, everyone to take care of him. But everyone was like, "Fuck you, build your own stadium," and he's like, "I don't have the money. I, I might look like I have the money, so I don't have the money." I I I I I grok that. I feel that. I understand that point, and I I can picture us all. You know, we're all men. We want to be competitive. We want to be. But fuck that, because yeah. because they could have embraced that vulnerability. Yeah. They could have said that yeah. we're a small place, we're a small family, let's be the best we can be in this town, Yeah, and we'll build a stadium that's $500 million. Yeah, it's not as nice as Jerry's, but it's, it's ours, yes. yeah. it's here, we can afford that. The city could have easily built a five hundred yeah. million dollar stadium, a six hundred million dollar stadium with all of the Chargers and the NFL would have been fine with that. Yep. They'd have had Super Bowls here. It would have been a nice outdoor, yeah. sunny stadium yeah. with some condos right next to the river. It'd have been fine. 
Yeah. But he didn't want to embrace that vulnerability. And I'll tell you what, when we look at San Diego's problems as a community, it's a reluctance to look at all the vulnerabilities we have. Yeah, we're a small place. Yeah, we got all these issues, all these things going on. If we just recognize it, then we can deal with it and we can make something better. And I'm sorry, so he's not a billionaire, but he gets to be a 20 millionaire. Yeah. You know, what? after 20 million, what it matters. And he's a hero. Yeah, exactly. He always wanted to be loved in this town. Yeah, he's the town hero. He yeah. walks around everywhere. He goes, he kept the team here. At that point, you can put it, you know, you're yeah. still on the same economics as everybody else. You're still yeah. part of the the big um, TV deals and everything. Yeah. I mean, it's ridiculous. It, the This ego, weird, I, th- I just don't think he's a, I don't think he's a very impressive man. No, you know, I just, yeah. I think he's just a weird, scared, you know, um, it, it's just not agree. good. And it's like, and that's what killed it. Yeah. It's funny too, because... The analogy for me, Scott, is I think about the Chicago White Sox and the Chicago White Sox baseball team was the last baseball team to kind of build their ballpark in the same manner that all the other parks were going. And then what happened? Larry Lucchino Mm -hmm. came in and built Camden Yards. And it was a throwback. And then what happened? Well, then you see every new ballpark coming in. Coors Field and, and Pittsburgh and outside of Chase Field, Minnesota, they all did the same thing. And it's really funny. If he would have said, look, we're San Diego. We're not going to have 10 million skyboxes in here because that's not who we are. We're going to take a page from Lucchino, and we're going to build the throwback NFL stadium. And instead of wasting money on skyboxes, we're going to have really cool things in here. Mm -hmm. It's going to be Lambeau Field, but Lambeau Field in 2017, he always struggled with the ability he wanted to be loved and he had no idea how to do it we talked to him a lot incredibly nice guy but his pr guy was always to the right and it just you look at you go man he just he can't figure it out yeah he's not it i never I, i i had limited dealings with him i never found him to be arrogant I never found him to be an asshole. I never found him to be anything. Again, I was doing sports radio. I was on his team. But every time, Scott, you walked out and you go, God damn, he just doesn't have that ability to be mayor. But what if we did that up and down, right? What if we just said like, okay, yeah, I can't be Jerry Jones. Yeah. We can't be, you know, L.A. Yeah. But we can, what, what is it How we cool can be? How cool would that be? Yeah, what is it we can be? You know, yeah. what, what do we have that we can transform into something better and something yeah. nicer? And Along the water? Yeah, cool. exactly. The water, the border, the, the mountains, the, yeah. everything that we have here. And it's like, you know, the one thing that Bob Filner was crazy, but one thing he did that was kind of interesting yeah. was the idea of the cross-border Olympics. Yeah. You know, like the... Like it'd be probably too hard, whatever. Yeah. But there was like, oh yeah, that that's something we got that nobody else has got. We could send a message to the world that we're part of this this whole cross border country culture. And I, you know, and I'm I'm saying like, that it, there's there's a way to take our weaknesses and make them strengths. Yeah, you I want. Oh, go ahead. No, Dave. I'm just saying. You know, it's interesting. Just saying kind of what you guys are saying. But we've always said this about NFL owners. We just talk about these NFL owners meetings. And he'd go, look, we all know Mark Davis and Dean Spanos don't belong at the big poker table. You know, neither one of them have the chips to sit there and sit at the table. 
And Spanos, as you said, pride got in the way. I mean, everyone yeah. else is driving a Maserati to that meeting, and he's driving a Camry, and he said, I'm not driving a Camry. But who's the uh, biggest badass in a situation like that? The guy who's trying to get the second best yeah. Maserati? Or yeah. the guy that waltzes in and says, I don't give a fuck. Yeah. You yeah. Know? I'm I don't care what it. you think. I'm the guy. I'm, in, I'm, I'm comfortable in my own yeah. skin. You know, those are the guys that are attractive in the world. Those are the people that get stuff done. Yeah. And it's like, I think that's the problem with the NFL, too, is I don't think it's any accident that the last of this generation's stadiums is happening in Vegas. Yeah. Because it's like the, it's the last place willing to go that far. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like, it's the last place willing to be that excessive. And I think I think maybe there will be a correction. It'll just be too late for San Diego. I I have always said too, and I, I say this carefully. And and I say it's an educated point of view, having dealt with it a lot. I feel like the NFL did us a favor, and here's why: because had that stadium been built, this city would have resisted the idea of PSLs and the change in ticket prices because we would have wanted the new stadium in 1978. It wouldn't have worked. And as much of a villain as he was considered in 2016 would have been even worse in 2021 when he comes and says, look, this is the cost of a beer and a hot dog. And oh, by the way, there's no parking and tailgating doesn't exist. And I need a $25,000 PSL. It wasn't going to happen. Yeah, the show. Yeah. yeah. And Dean took that and got out and you go, all right, we'll, we'll see what happens. I love downtown San Diego. I love it. My kids tell me they love it. But there's a couple of things going on downtown that I'm concerned about. And you know downtown very well. When you look at Horton Plaza and what's happened to Horton Plaza, Horton Plaza, Scott, was such a crown jewel. And it was one of those things where there was, man, it felt like there was scaffolding up for 50 years around that thing when it was. And when it opened, I, I lived in North County and people would go down there. There was a Planet Hollywood and celebrities were there. And it was a great place to see movies. And... It was a meeting spot. You could park there and, and go to the gas and lamp. Never and never find your car once you're trying to leave. Exactly yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> cherry or tomato? Cherry tomato. I don't yeah. remember. <laughs> Jalapeno. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and, uh, you know, there were so many things to do, and it was safe. You could go in there, and uh, it's almost empty. It's almost empty. And, and uh, how concerned should we be? about that because that's different than in my opinion losing a store at parkway plaza or losing yeah. a store in carlsbad that's been kind of a, a crown jewel for downtown and what do we do with horton plaza if that place is vacant in a year so there's a deal happening right now actually um a new developer is going to come in and redo the whole thing really uh, yeah so um there's a plan to make it uh, uh sort of pave it through so that it it um it connects to Seaport Village. You know, they're, oh. they're redoing Seaport Village. Yep. They're going to make a nice connection, a nice avenue wow. there. And um, I don't know. It, they're going to announce it soon. I, I'm probably breaking somebody's trust right now. but That's <laughs> okay. But they're going to do something soon. Is I, that why we're seeing that? Is that kind of – is it – kind of going back to what you talked about with the leases with fills and everything was there maybe they let these leases well this isn't city this is you know the companies that own those those properties no but i'm saying did they let those leases yeah. go out to and let these businesses go out so they can ultimately big for do something bigger yeah. okay well that makes me i'm, I'm sorry again for the businesses but no, again yeah. that makes you feel better that they're looking at a bigger picture and right? and curious so you saw maybe saw news jimbo's the grocery store that's yeah. down there they 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 got upset the other day in the news because of how bad things are threatening to sue and stuff like that because of how bad it's gotten there. 
but that's part of the whole leverage situation. Yeah. There's a whole like, this is all part of a big deal going through right now. So yeah. that whole area, that C Street corridor, you know, by City Hall, yeah, the all of that. That's all going to be, I think, better someday. So, oh, nice. Okay. I mean, the one bad, the good thing about housing prices being so high is that it makes people want to build them, and downtown's the only place they can build really pretty. At some place, it's going to have to even out, right? I mean, when you go to, I had a friend say the other day, they go to an open house, it's nine hundred thousand dollars. The floor's torn up. The the you know the the there's broken blinds, and you're like, you're insane. You're not a nine hundred. Are we eventually? Is it ever going to? level out so the everyday Joes can well, find a place to live. And no, when you learn about San Diego history, San Diego's whole history is a series of booms and busts with yeah. building. Like it's like you're either, you know, people's fortunes have been made building stuff and then they lose everything. And then it's like, and so we're at the latest end of another boom, you know, it'll go down again, but it always goes down at a higher level than it was before, yeah. you know? So it's, it's still rough for, you know, people trying to make ends meet, but, but yeah, it'll 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 go back down. I got uh, one more for you. Going back to last Tuesday, I saw Nathan Fletcher's back in everything. Is we look ahead to November from the races there. We did anybody surprise you? It felt like there was a big push. We know Jordan Bean, so there was a big push. Yeah. It felt like to get Lori Zaff out. I was kind of surprised to see that. Um, up, I work in Carlsbad, so to see what happened kind of in the 49, it felt like Jacobs and Gaspar and Chavez were in it, and then they were out of it. As you looked at the races from, from what happened in San Diego, A, did anything really surprise you the way it shook out last Tuesday? And B, just as a guy who enjoys politics, which race are you most curious about moving forward? Oh, man, this is my best sports p- podcast topic ever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so two two big surprises. One, Nathan did a lot better than anybody, you know, prognosticated. Uh, yeah, he. Everybody assumed in that race. This is for the county supervisors. There's five supervisors. Mm-hmm. Uh, this would be the, you know, this would be a, the Democrats really want to get a seat on there. He's uh, come forward. He. It was assumed that Bonnie Demanis, who was running right. as a Republican, that she would be number one, and then there was the fight to see who would be number two to run against her. Right. Yeah. Well, he ended up well uh, into number one, and she ended up number two. And the big question now is, do they even muster a campaign to run against him in November? Because it can be so much more advantaged. Wow. Uh, he did so well that it's it's starting to make people talk like, wow, I don't even know if she can win. Really? So then the second one that really surprised me is one that aren't, isn't being talked about enough. Myrtle Cole is the city council president. Yeah. So she almost she almost came in second place. Well, not she she got first place, but she got under forty percent of the vote. That's brutal for an incumbent council president. Council president is what the mayor used to be. Yes. Before they switched to strong mayor form of government, the, the council president is a very important, powerful. You can do a lot with that position. Scott Peters used to be there. Like you can get stuff done, and the fact that she's in trouble of even losing her is seat it her is crazy. Assistant? Uh, she used to work for her, yeah, Monica Montgomery, yeah, and that's who she's up with, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's a, that's a fascinating race, and then uh, yeah, the Republicans, and Democrats are going to go to blows. They're going to savage you in that congressional race, forty ninth. Yeah, did Lorena help Fletcher? Oh no. yeah, um, she's like she's like a legit mover and shaker in she's this town, huh? Probably the most powerful person in politics in San Diego. Yeah, I think wow. uh, you know she's. Uh, and and not less so after this, you know. She's. What's her? What do you think her? What do you think her ceiling is? What do you think she's looking at? 
I don't know what she wants to do. I, I mentioned her as a potential mayoral, mayoral candidate, and she, she literally yelled at me. Like, really? Yeah, it's <laughs> funny. I was just going to ask you. Okay. Into that. I don't want her yelling at me. Uh, you know, maybe maybe Senate sometime, maybe like U.S. Senate, uh, maybe governor, maybe something like that. But um, uh, it'll be interesting to watch those two now. They're, uh, they're going to be interesting to watch. For sure. DA surprised you at all? No, this is still San Diego. You know, um, it's a midterm in San Diego uh in in a in a primary you know th- that's a that's as conservative as san diego gets those elections and so you know they're gonna in order for somebody to 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 win that dac you gotta be you gotta give a nod to you know um tough on crime kind of things yeah. or, or experience and especially and yeah it's, it's not a surprise i think um a lot of people thought it was bigger, and I think that it was closer a couple months ago, and it just never closed. So Yeah, interesting. You, you know, it's funny. So many people are following politics that maybe not weren't even into politics until the last you know few years of what's yeah. going on, and people are, are taking an interest. And like every late-night talk show is always about politics. I was a public administration major at San Diego State. I, yeah. I love it. I watch all these debates. My wife, at the same time, she doesn't watch anything, and our votes equal the same. You know, it yeah. drives me a little crazy, you know, when it's time to – Devote a little bit. One of the things that drives me nuts about politics is if a person's in for four years, they spend the last two years basically running again. So it seems like they aren't don't have time to do the job that <laughs> we elected them for, and it drives me out of my mind. And it's, you sit and say, wait a second, how are you getting your job done when it always seems like you're out just campaigning for your next election, for your next job? Yeah, I think that's what's kind of special about Kevin Faulkner right now is that he's there's no indication that he's running for something else right now. Mm-hmm. You know, he decided not to run for governor, which is odd now. If you look back, he might have done pretty well. Yeah. But uh, he's, you know, he's got a couple years. I think I would go crazy if I had two years of like, I can do anything I want. I have no consequences. <laughs> I would go, I would try to build the biggest thing, you know, big tower in the yeah. space or something, you know. <laughs> but I think that, uh, it, you know, that's, that's, we should give them credit when they do do something like that. But, but yeah, I think it's just Can the you way see that him going into private business. Yeah, I think he yeah, wants to make money. the 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 mayor's office makes a hundred thousand dollars. There's no pension. Uh, it's not a. It, I think he wants to make money for sure. All right. Uh, I, I said I only had a couple left, but <laughs> I, I, I'm into it. Yeah. All right. Gondola. We loved. <laughs> we loved when Ron Roberts brought up the gondola because I said. Heck, we can we can have everybody for the football stadium park at the queue, and we'll just take the gondola into the new thing. Which he didn't like because he loved the gondola, and I, I liked him. Are we are we on the verge of any of these kind of cli- I don't want to call it a cliche, but any of these hooks for the fun things that people look at, right? They get beat down on, on gas prices, everything else. Is there anything coming where you go, well, that could be kind of a cool hook for San Diego? Nah. Nothing, right? We won't do it. <laughs> no, no. There's a couple of things. Seaport Village is getting completely redone. Is that going to be pretty cool? I think it might be all right. Yeah, okay. I there's a big aquarium going in there. There's going to be a, like a little tower. There's going to be um, a hostel. Uh, so oh, there's nice. going to be a hostel and a big hotel. So a nice hotel and a hostel. And, you know, all the shops supposedly are going to keep their leases. So they're going to keep... You know, you, most of the shops will be. It'll oh, just good. be. It'll be different situation. I don't know if they'll stay, but they'll have the option to. And I think that'll be kind of fun to watch. Um, you know, there's. Uh, look, I, I think the gondola is probably in trouble. There's a big change happening at the San Diego Association of Governments. Like, I think one thing that's that's really interesting to watch is the Democrats are taking over city mm-hmm. government, and with them, labor unions. And so, on the one hand, if you're not into that, then yeah. you're going to be kind of frustrated. On the other hand, you know, 
if we can stop fighting about unions, that might be a way to get stuff done. There might yeah. be more stuff getting done if you just if you just sign up. That's what you know, San Francisco, LA, a lot of these places like there's no more fights about whether unions are going to get some of these jobs to build stuff, you know, like they just get it. And and at that point, maybe the more stuff gets built. So but there's a big change at the San Diego Association of Governments that'll affect that gondola project. There's probably going to be more emphasis on on transit that's a little bit more established. Yeah, <laughs> probably probably more what we need right now. And then I, I can't let you go what? without asking you about journalism because everything you see, fake journalism, this, that, and I, I, we'll start with the Union Tribune and we'll work our way out. I mean, it they, they seems to be crazy right now with the sale and... and and the oh, sale man. being held up and everything that's happening there. But then I look at it and, and I say to Dave every night, you know, I leave for work at six 30 in the morning. I come down here, I do a podcast and then often I'll go home and the show I'll flip on just because I, I like it. I've always liked Brian Williams mm-hmm. and, uh, and he has Phil Drucker on from, from the New York times and guys from the Washington post. And I want to feel like these guys are, shooting straight and still believe in getting the facts straight. But for what you do, Scott, a voice of San Diego and, and your credibility on your line, when you hear about fake journalism being hit over the head, not directed at you guys, but at the industry as a whole, how frustrating is it? And for people that just say, hey, can I trust what I'm seeing with Brian Williams? Can I trust what I see on ABC World News tonight or CBS or anywhere else? Can I still trust it? Or is there a animosity towards this white house that may be tainting their their clear vision so there's a big problem there's two big problems in journalism one is um that trust crisis right we have led by the president and others people who have had it up to here whether legitimately or not in some cases with um with the way journalism has been run and they say you just can't trust it we need to win that so you we get into this world where, well, if you don't trust it, then what, what are we all going to base our facts on? We can't do any of these things we want to do in any community if we don't agree on a shared set of facts, right? Mm-hmm. Like if you're, if you got a, a leak in your roof and you can't say there's a leak in the roof, let's fix it. Yeah. Then nobody's going to fix it. Do you know what I mean? And that's, and yeah. y- y- we can laugh about that, but that's, that's why some places in like Central America don't have good stuff. You know what I mean? Because they don't agree that there's a problem. They don't get together to fix it. And so we can be as mean to the press as we want, but without that sort of backbone of a society, we don't have anything. We can't get anything done, and it's all going to go downhill. So what do we do to build it? Then the second problem is all of the economics of journalists, from TV to newspaper, are being disrupted in a way that nobody knows how it's going to turn out, and it's going to be ugly all newspapers are marching toward a cliff right now where the revenues from their print products uh, go to the point where it's no longer worth printing the product. Mm -hmm. And they're all marching toward that. That's why you saw the UT and the LA times join forces is because what's, what's the first thing they did after they did that? They moved the printing plant to LA and they fired 150 people here who were running the printing plant, right? That, That all they're trying to do right now is save money to push that cliff off as far as possible. And if they, and then their, their hope is that it, within that period of time, they'll come up with a solution to keep doing the journalism that they were doing so that they can, um, you know, keep providing the service and keep making money. 
And so that cliff is still coming. Mm -hmm. And the next recession that we have, there's going to be a dozen newspapers that are completely either folded or turned into vehicles of nasty, you know, uh, propaganda or whatever. Like it's, it's not, they're going to be taken over in some bad way. You know, they might be like the Rocky mountain news or something or the Denver post on the front, Mm -hmm. but what are they going to be inside? You know? And so that's scary to me. And so we, we have to combat that in my opinion with like, if you care about this journalism, like you have to figure out a way to pay for it Mm -hmm. and you in, and whether it's, philanthropy and donations like what we get Mm -hmm. corporate sponsorship stuff like that or whether it's subscriptions or something like that that's the only way because i think that produces a better style journalism too because you're no longer you're no longer just doing journalism and then getting a paycheck yeah you're doing journalism that has to matter and you have to earn people's trust and and so i i don't know how it's going to work out i'm scared for a lot of cities san diego's farther advanced than other places because we we had we had a leg up on getting voice san diego and a few other yeah. places started but there's a there's a lot of cities that aren't nearly as far along as that and i think they're in a lot of trouble you know and the thing is if you know anything about history a lot of this when you talk about first it starts with the the whole thing fake news and when the person's the most powerful person in our country says you can't believe the facts the guys that do the jobs that you do and you go through propaganda, it goes back to World War II. I mean, it's repeating yeah. itself where you're going, this is exactly what Hitler did to control the media. And someone said the other day, I read on Twitter saying, show me a country where the media is controlled and tell me if you want to live in one of those countries. Yeah. And, and the answer is absolutely no. You guys are the ones that are basically are the checks and balances for what society is. And, and it, it's scary, as you said, when people control it, what's on the inside of that paper? What is the future of this? If you sell your soul to the devil and write whatever it takes to keep your job and at the same time knowing it's not credible journalism, why you got in the business to begin with? Yeah, we were talking, uh, we have a Russian journalist visiting us. He's uh, staying for two weeks in our office. Mm. And man, like he was telling us, he lives in St. Petersburg, giant city, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, huge city. And, you know, every one of the TV and radio stations, except for one, is owned and run by the state. And wow. like, like, yeah, that's not, you know, that's not a good situation when you have yeah. one guy in charge of the state, too, for a long time. I mean, he's a de facto dictator. And so, yeah, we look, the press has got a lot of problems. There's a lot of journalism that has a lot. But that's the that's the fact of the of mm-hmm. the of the craft. Right. It's a it's a tough thing to get, you know, perfect uh, first draft of history, as he said. So I think, you know, that frustration with the craft has been exploited in some cases. And I think that, you know, um, look, they don't want the, the the people around Trump and others said the Democrats aren't our opposition. It's the press that's our mm-hmm. opposition because, you know, putting us, holding us into account, you know, telling things or explaining things in a way that we don't like, that's our opposition. That's what we have to fight. You know, locally we have the same thing. We don't have, we're the only ones covering San Diego Unified School District, largest school, yeah. largest school district in the region with any kind of accountability reporting right now. And the UT, I don't know if they're going to get back in the game or not, but, you know, they get frustrated with us in that same sort of way, you know, like, you know, and it's like, well, <laughs> you know, we're the only ones watching this. If we weren't watching that stuff, they would do whatever they wanted. And we can't live in a society yeah. where that happened. We have to be able to put perspective on it from the outside perspective. It feels like it's an opening for the weeklies because I love the L.A. Weekly. And then all of a sudden the L.A. Weekly got sold and it changed. I like the O.C. Weekly. Uh, We went to Monterey every year and I found this little weekly paper, the Monterey County Weekly, was so good and and really did a bunch of things to kind of tell you stories that were going on in your neighborhood. It wasn't done every week. It was done on Thursdays. 
and and you see the weeklies now. I don't, I don't know. I like Kevin at City Beat, but I, I don't I don't know. It feels like it's a lot of opinion places about not getting, you know, enough napkins at a restaurant. And I'm I'm being dramatic, but I, I feel like City Beat. You go, the, it feels like they're changing editors a lot. Ron was there. Now Seth's running it. The reader is always kind of a different thing because it's still Don Bowder and old school guys. Uh, so I, I wonder if this will open the door for, for the guys that go once a week instead of seven days a week. But also... You know, that's where I started in a weekly. I was at the City Weekly in Salt Lake City. It was, no kidding. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. Is there an opening for those guys right now if the dailies go no, away? No, they're to, getting crushed. The weeklies are yeah. too? They're it's, getting killed everyone too. Everyone and all of them are just getting crushed. The, the ads, basically ads... You can do ads better on Google and Facebook. Yeah. And it's just killing everybody. So let me ask you about where you are tonight. Yeah. Doing a podcast. Yeah, I love Beca- podcast. Because we don't answer to anybody. Uh-huh. Um, but I will say for me and Dave, we still strive to get it right. It, it's the it's probably more here. And we took it serious at iHeart and BCA and nationally. But our name's on this. And we've been here coming up on 20 years. And the Padres... I had a great conversation with them a couple of weeks ago because they were like, ah, you know, you had some things. I said, God damn, if I get something wrong, call me. I will correct it the next day. I want it right. Um, the podcast, you guys have it. You know, mm-hmm. you guys do podcasts. Andy's part of it. You got the Kept Faith guys are down there. What's the future for podcasts? Hanging here tonight, doing what we can do, just having conversation uninterrupted. Is this the future? Oh yeah. Uh, on demand at least is Mm -hmm. in my opinion, like the idea of you just turn on the radio and whatever you get is what you get is that seems, you know, we're in the world where I can pull up anything on my TV. Yeah. You know, we should be able to do that. And I think that, I, I think that that is definitely the future and you know, it's, it's enriched my life tremendously to be able to listen to a program from start to finish. You know, it's, uh, walk the dog and pause and then go into my car and, and finish the program. I mean, that's a huge deal. And I think, you know, uh, if I want to, it, it allows us to have, you know, I don't need a ubiquitous audience. You guys know that feeling, yeah. right? You have to have a ubiquitous audience, right? You got to reach mm-hmm. this, this very vast diverse, which makes your approach different. I, I would assume it makes you, it makes you try to like appeal to a lot of different types sure. of people where like podcasting allows us to appeal to maybe a smaller group of people that, um, that is, you know, really interested in the stuff that we want to talk yeah. about, you know, like. You know, like uh, there's there's nothing like our podcast on local politics and, and policy, you know, explaining the, the news of the day or this election stuff. And, you know, that's a place and it's never going to have 200,000 listeners, maybe. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, there's a core people that want to listen to it and I'm, I'm happy to serve them. And so I think there is a place for it. You know, the, the economics are still rough. Um, you know, I think there's people uh, that should... I'd love to be able to support and I'd love to make sure they had a, they had a, they had a, you know, good payroll. And so I don't know how we're going to get there, but the on demand will get better there. I think then I don't think anybody who's just, you know, on the radio anymore is going to be the, the, I think that's important. I think it's yeah. still an important outlet. It's just on demand is the key. I think. I think you're right. I think you're absolutely right. Especially younger people. The more, the more people you talk to, nobody sits down and says eight o'clock on a Thursday, I got to be in front of the TV. Otherwise I'm going to miss it. Yeah. And I don't know any kid that sits down and uh, says, because the show starts then that's when I watch it. Yeah. It seems like more and more it's, it's the younger people in our audience that are paying attention to what we're doing and, and the way they watch TV as well. Yeah. I mean, like if you're listening to AJ Preller talk about something, but then you, you know, you got to go to work. Like, why yeah. can't you just pause it? You know what I mean? Like you shouldn't be able to pause it. And I think that'll get there. It's just, but the, 
You know what's funny about that, Scott? The radio station won't give the host credit for that download. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know what you have. When you guys do a podcast at VOSD, you know what you have. Dave and I know what we have. People were so excited. I loved it. When yeah. we said, hey, you're coming in, I was waiting for the response to be, oh, we don't want to hear it. And I was going to be like, well, fuck you. Yeah. I like him. Yeah. And he said, hey, I want to come in. And I love Thanks, talking Jeff. to you. Yeah. No, serious. <laughs> no, serious. Yeah. But no, my point being sure. that we had done so much stadium talk over the top that, um, and I was thrilled and not really surprised when people were like, can't wait for that. Yeah. Bring him in. It was great. And so did we miss anything? Anything going on in the city that we didn't touch on that you think people should be aware of? No, I think, uh, you know, the elections are important. And I yeah. think that, you know, these city council races and stuff, um, uh, they're going to be an important thing. And, and yeah. you know, that that idea of, of what we're going to build, what we can build, that's a big deal. And so I pay attention to that. You can always go to our podcast, Voice San Diego. Yep. But, um, no, we went through a lot. That was good. Yeah, the best, man. Yes. Thank you so Scott, much for absolutely. coming in. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Really appreciate it. Uh, follow him on Twitter at VOSD Scott. Uh, Voice of San Diego is the website. Let people know where they can find the podcast. Believe me, this is we are thrilled to promote everything you guys have going. Right. Yeah. So uh, uh, iTunes, Stitcher, same thing. You know, uh, Voice of San Diego podcast. Yeah. Perfect. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you so much to Scott Lewis from Voice of San Diego. We have let Scott head out for the night. Been a long day for him as we go an hour and twenty on that. I hope you enjoyed it. I, lo- I Dave, I love that. I do too. Absolutely enjoy it. Because my feeling on that stuff is know what you don't know. And I, I don't. I, I'm interested by it. I'm fascinated by it. But I, but I don't know enough about that. The one so, thing I would say is people always need to educate themselves. And you said don't be lazy. I mean, it's, yeah. it, it's really embarrassing when you see the people that turn out to vote. 24%, wow. I think, was the number. I'm really, really excited to just spend a couple of minutes talking about our event coming up on August the 1st. As we raise money for five charities, we're raising money with a live event at the Eastside Country Club. It's going to happen on Wednesday, August the 1st. We want you all to be a part of it. There's a GoFundMe page. If you just Google GoFundMe, Dave and Jeff, it'll take you right to the page. $25 will get you in the door. A $300 donation will get you not only in the door for the event on Wednesday, August the 1st, but it will also get you into a live podcast that we're going to do later this summer out at Cali Comfort. And uh, we've told you the charities, but I'm thrilled to tell you again. The Rancho Coastal Humane Society in Encinitas, Stand Up to Cancer, Charity Water, uh, the Alpha Project downtown. And man, is it really front and center right now that we're raising money for suicide awareness. And, And that money will go... Uh, every nickel that comes in, I can't tell you enough, every nickel that comes in is going to go out. Um, it will be divided amongst the five charities. Sean Walcheff from Cali Comfort is coming down. We're going to do dinner for everybody. Tad Ryan and Disappointing Joe, uh, Joe are going to be the band uh, that night, which is going to be great. I hope you support all of them on Twitter. But I, tonight, Dave, I really want to thank John Conniff from Mad Friars. John reached out. Uh, a couple of weeks ago and said, look, man, we want to help. Matt Friars, Kev Charity, David J, and and John Conniff over there, wonderful guys. You hear him with Darren all the time. And I said, great. Whatever you got, we'll take it. And he said, okay, I got an idea. I'm working with the teams, and I'll check in with you along the way. Well, he checked in tonight. We will have that night on August the 1st, we're going to auction off, Three signed 
three individual auctions, signed baseballs from Mackenzie Gore. Incredible. Now, I, I look at that and go, that's awesome. Um, but I it, it's awesome to me because the pods are going to help out. The gulls are happening out. The San Diego Seals have helped out. So many small businesses. Uh, Kyle Fluger is doing website stuff. We had a great guy who worked, reached out to me tonight on Twitter. They have a woodworking company. They do really cool pictures from woodwork. They go, hey, we want to donate something. I go, well, yes, we'll take it. If you have a small business and you have anything you want to donate, maybe you have a restaurant, you go, hey, I'll do a $25 gift card. Done. We'll take it. We would love it. Um, but John Conniff is out and grinding. We've never, we know Kevin. We've never yeah. hung out with David J. We've chatted with John, big fan of his. But for those guys to do that, this is nothing more than a grassroots plan from me and Dave. Lisa Ann jumped in. She's going to be there on August 1st. She's going to Italy in three days awesome. and then going out and doing all her things. My wife's uh, on her way there right now. You think she's going to hang out with you? The, they with are. Her? They're going to hang out. <laughs> this is a little San Diego-based grassroots operation that is coming together, and you guys are all a part of it. We have six grand. We raised six grand. David and I, the first night we said here, we go, I hope we raise a thousand bucks so everybody gets two hundred bucks. Everybody gets two hundred bucks. So what? They'd all yes. take it. Bob would take it. Yes, he would. Rancho Coastal would take it. We're over six grand tonight. We have to cut the GoFundMe page off on July the first. I just have to because we have to give East Lake a number. We have to give Sean a number and allow them time to prepare. And also what that's going to allow you and me to do starting July 1st is organizing all of these things that have come in and put it together. Everything is going to be a silent auction. But John Conniff tonight came up with three signed baseballs from Mackenzie Gore. He said, stand by, I've got more coming. Fantastic. Um, from other minor leaguers, we'll see who they are. Uh, I want to mention a couple of guys that mean a lot to me. Matt Coyle is a very good buddy of mine, writes mysteries, has signed four first editions of his books that take place here in San Diego, the Rick Hick Cahill series. They are wonderful. Those will be auctioned off as a group. Book one through four, signed by Matt, first edition, awesome books. Uh, the fifth one is radio-based. I kind of helped out on it. It's a lot of fun. That'll be out in December. Matt will be there that night. Done. Jim Trotter, I was with the other night, has signed two copies of his junior sale book. Fantastic. Uh, we will auction those off that night. Today, I reached out to my buddies Steve Hamilton and Don Winslow. Steve writes incredible books and best-selling author, New York. I literally reached out to him at 1030 this morning and said, hey, uh, I sent a message to both him and Don and said, uh, Hey, we're doing this event. You guys know what you mean to me as friends and as authors. Can I bug you for a signed book? It was not two minutes later that Steve got back to me and said, how many books do you need? Cool. Where am I sending them? Winslow's already in. So these guys, I mean, their books are being made into movies. They're big shots, um, but they're helping out. And it's everybody, the San Diego Seals, if I didn't mention it, unbelievable experience. They don't even know yeah. they're cool. I don't even know if they know of a player. <laughs> but the Seals stepped up. Derek Dawson at the Gulls has stepped up. The Chargers, Arthur Hightower at the Chargers, I reached out to him, and I said, look, there are people still in this town 
that love that team. Will you guys help us out? You said done deal. And if you go, oh, I hate that, then don't bid on it. <laughs> Fuck, off. Fuck off. We're raising money for charity. But if we can get a signed football from the Chargers, um, we're going to auction it off that night. Every nickel that comes in will go out to Stand Up for Cancer, Suicide Awareness, Charity Water, the Alpha Project, and Rancho Coastal Humane Society. Absolutely great. Um, our sponsors have stepped up, but Billy, who's I think close to a thousand bucks, and Billy said tonight, send me a message. He goes, "Hey man, I want to sponsor a few guys for the live podcast." I said, "Well, you and I will determine as we look <laughs> around the room." Meaning me and Billy. I don't even know if yeah. you're in the decision, but. Uh, Billy's sponsoring people for the live deal. Everybody is kind of coming together, and the thing that's really cool about it, Dave, to me, is how many people have said, hey, let me let me sponsor a couple of guys for the live show, and we'll do that. Glenn Geffner sent cool. money. He's not going to be here. Trotter's working on cool items for the auction. Alan Horton reached out and said, hey, man, I'm working on a couple of things. If they come together, they don't. I, Dave, I know I speak for you. We could not be more excited and more uh, humbled by the outpouring of support for this event. August the 1st, go to the GoFundMe page. 25 bucks is all it takes to get you in the door. It's going to be an amazing night. It's going to be a great night. It will be a great night. Uh, once again, when Scott Lewis is with us, how many times did you bring up housing? You brought up housing in San Diego and over again. If you want to talk about housing and finding the right situation for you, Brian Curry is your guy. He's the number one broker that we deal with here in San Diego, selling real estate for more than 20 years. Again, he is the guy to find you. No matter what part of San Diego you want to be in, he will get you out of the situation you're in now and find you a better situation that is great for you if you have a family great for your family as well again he's a navy guy we love the guys from the military it's fantastic they didn't the transition of being a successful businessman experience in sales from oceanside even imperial beach escondido nope Chula nope, Vista, nope 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 i'm paying over. attention <laughs> I was not gonna, going to ib as i was going to tell scott lewis what every city needs is a lazy river everybody lives oh, in her tubes yeah. of beer cans the lazy river would smell like <laughs> shit in ib <laughs> t1 Bulls is shit Full service broker. Don't forget, Brian Kerr is your guy. 619-251-1588. 619-251-1588. You can also find him at Brian at BrianCurry.com. Also, BrianCurryRealEstate.com. Here's the one thing I'm going to tell Brian when I find my place in September. And this is really so many things have become important to me as I search. But the one thing I found today, Dave, is I want to go into an area with an incredibly small amount of young kids. I don't like young kids. I don't like I really don't like kids at all. And and you know who I don't like along with those kids? And Brian, I hope you're jotting down some notes. I don't like your goddamn moms. And here's why. Oh my gosh. Because hang on. I know Tracy's gonna hear my pain. I know Rose is gonna understand my pain. The average person, male and female. This is not has an hour for lunch, okay? So today I'm at lunch, and it's me. In in front of me is yeah. a, a woman, a husband, and their kids. So I don't like dad either, not just mom. And then it's me, another guy, two ladies, <laughs> yeah. and another guy. We're at a sandwich shop. And now we're at the line, and hey, let's spend five minutes to let Junior, who's two, pick out which chips he wants. Well, this all of a sudden becomes a four-minute process, right? And you go, well, I guess my 60-minute lunch is now 56 minutes. Yeah. And I look at the two ladies behind me. I go, can you believe this? 
can you believe what's going on here? And they're like, no, I can't. I'm like, I can't either. I like you. But back to my story. <laughs> yeah, I want to hear this. So now Junior figures out he's smashing chips, going bam, bam on everything. Yeah. Now we're going to pick him up and let him look in the basket to pick out which cookie. They're all goddamn chocolate chip cookies. <laughs> Just let the kid pick out one cookie. So I've determined <laughs> the lower density of kids. I don't even like my own kids. Yeah. Well, will they take care of you? Will your kids take care of you? God, you not a chance. You don't think so? Not a chance. Although Father's Day is coming it up is Sunday. Up. No, but when you get old, will your kids take care of you? Ah, they tell me they love me every day on the phone, which is kind of nice. That's a good news. You know yeah, what my kid nice. told me today? What did he tell you? He got a little upset with me. He goes, you know, that's it. I'll take care of mom when she gets old. When you get old, you're going in a home. Yep. I'm going to stick <laughs> yeah. in a home with a bunch of Vietnamese people take care of you. I'm going to tell them you're in the war and you used to blow up villages. <laughs> and they're going to feed your dog for you piece of shit, he says to me. And I go, good. what? I wasn't even old enough to be in the Vietnam. <laughs> I'll tell you what. I'm going to take that one step further. Brian Curry is going to help him find a house. For your soon-to-be ex-wife and her new husband, Bert Grossman. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, and you know what? I'm going to DJ the wedding. <laughs> what do you think of that, you, you gonna, son of a bitch? You're going to get one of those online things where it justifies that your neck can now officiate weddings for 24 hours? I'll just steal. Roy Robertson's always doing it. I'm not doing it in a kilt. <laughs> doing it in a kilt. All I, there's two people that'll get that joke. Who cares? Frank will get it. <laughs> uh what were we telling brian curry all right you can have kids there okay all i know is with the housing issues going on i hear everything going on and this is a terrible i don't even want to mention okay it. I, I was going to mention there are just let brian help you out there you go, you i'll will. tell you i'll tell you off the air what i was going to say and then you can determine <laughs> if i should bring it up in a future commercial i would just say brian yeah. knows the way to get you a house in your price range Perfect. Let's leave it at that. Let's leave it at that right yeah. there. Yeah. Also, don't forget Alan Taylor, Taylor made pools. Alan right now. Bert is, is and doing Rita <laughs> are paying this much for the house, right? Right? Do you hear me? Taylor Costa? Made... Yes, I do. I do. Are you done? You shut your goddamn Jesus. mouth. I'll tell you when I'm done. Go ahead. What do you got? Alan Taylor, Taylor made oh, pools. Oh, my boy. He's killing it right now. Look, the weather is extremely hot, extremely warm. Taylor made pools. They're the ones that can make your hot. evenings. And afternoons that much better. 20 years in business here in San Diego. Taylor May Pools, new construction, commercial residential, full remodels, commercial residential, new equipment and repairs. Don't forget about the saltwater technology that everyone's going to. Jeff loves the grottos, the slides, the waterfalls. You make your backyard a staycation. Nothing's better than a brand new pool from Taylor May Pools or fixing the pool that you have that you know is not up to date. Oh, my goodness. I'm going to mention this, and it's a terrible thing to mention, but it has to be said. Did you see the story today about Bodie Miller? Didn't I just say last week that the leading cause of death of kids under five is drowning? Bodie Miller, the Olympic skier, 19-month-old daughter, uh, passed away. They were at a party, and she fell in the pool. And I just go, my God, man. Uh, I just devastating right devastating loss beautiful girl and the only reason why i say that is just make sure that safety precautions have been taken and and as you yes we love all the great things that go with remodeling the pool and putting in all the fun things but it's not just for you it's for when you have that party in the summer because you say well my kids are nine and ten they're fine they know how to swim okay but if you invite people over from work and they bring kids over and we're all barbecuing and talking and laughing, just make sure the safety precautions. That's why I'm so thrilled 
that Alan's part of it because he will help you and do all the kind of things. Just I, I saw that today, Dave. Been such a, a weird couple of days full of sadness, right? I mean, yeah. I, I didn't know anything about Kate Spade or anything, but what happened there last week, the Bourdain story, but just seeing Bodie Miller, who I always just kind of liked, he had a zest for life, and that that story, uh, very, very sad for his family. But when you found out it happened in a in a swimming pool Horrible. accident with adults right there, um, uh, believe me, I'm not uh, I'm not saying anything about them, but I would just say for you, make sure you take the steps necessary to make sure and and call Alan and say, hey, I just want to make sure we're covered. What can we do? He'll get y'all squared away. Absolutely, six one nine four four nine four four five two. Also, Daniel Tyler, Superior Fence Company. He's been in business in San Diego for a long time, thirteen years in business. You name the fence, the style you want, whether it's a simple fence, whether it's a wooden fence, whether it's the kind with the iron gate, everything is easy for Daniel. He knocks these things out, no problem. He says, no job is too hard. 760-745-4846. And the thing is, with Daniel, he does most of his business in North County. We'll go all over San Diego County. He'll give you even that free estimate on a Saturday. 760-745-4846. Sorry, I think I have uh, SARS. Uh, <laughs> I hope not. I do. I'm suffering from it, but I find a way to power on. Uh, from Daniel on Twitter at SD Superior Fence. Hey, Jeff, just wanted to make sure uh, you got the cash for the charity yesterday. Mr. Diablo is the devil. You never know. <laughs> so good. I pumped him up yesterday. Uh, he said, um, uh, with that donation, I'm looking forward to the VIP podcast. I was like, you're already in. Yes. But your money's already going out the door to Rancho Coastal Humane Society. But uh, this is a great one. He said to me, my friend Daniel, I roam the North County. If you ever want to grab a beer and lunch, did you get that invite? No, I did not. Hmm, just checking. <laughs> Dave's way too far up to meet for lunch. Have a good one. That's from my friend Dan Tyler. I said, I'm, yeah. A, you're already in yes. for the VIP. B, I'm buying you lunch. Dan Tyler, Daniel Tyler in S San Diego Superior Fence has already yeah. donated at least 500 bucks, and I feel like I'm missing one. So, Dan, if I am, I apologize. All I know is that that 500 is is just because it's right on my way to work is going to uh, Rancho Coastal Humane Society. We'll also go to the Alpha Project and all the others. Thank you so much. That's what I say about these guys, Dave. They do incredible work with the fence and it's going to look great for your house. You're going to get the estimate. Your place is going to look great. But we just spent an hour and 20 minutes talking to Scott about being part of the community. And as has been the case over and over again with the guys that sponsored this show, when we needed them to step up, not only did they step up the first time, but they step up again and step up again unsolicited. Yes. That's the thing I love about these guys. Dave and I are not blowing up the phone to Brian, to Alan, to Ryan, to Daniel and going, hey, man, come here. We need more. They're just like, here, take it. Here's, and God, how can you not appreciate those guys? Somebody you know, whether it's you, it's grandma. <laughs> I always love when you can incorporate grandma into a commercial. Um, or a family member needs fence, or they will. My brother... Uh, up in Escondido, he could use a fence because a rattlesnake showed up and my brother's way of handling it was running up the stairs like Macaulay Culkin in Home Alone 1. <laughs> screaming like a child. Well, I'm not going to get rid of the rattlesnakes running around playing the Benny Hill theme, you no. dipshit. 
<laughs> you gotta call San Diego Superior Feds. Yeah. And also Ryan Barkley, of course, Barkley Landscape. Ryan and his dad, Scott, have been in business for 35 years. Ryan's your guy. Again, the free estimates, family-owned and operated business. We love that. Lawn restoration, retaining walls, erosion control, everything you need, especially if you're one of these people that say, I want to fix the way my yard looks and saying either the water bill's getting too high or at the same time I want to put the fake turf in. You can do that as well to make it look great. Ryan's number 619-669-8000. I will say this today on behalf of Ryan, somebody attacked his daughter on Twitter today. We killed it. We a, killed that kid. That was a huge mistake. And I'll tell you right yeah. now, out of everybody I know on this planet, Ryan's in my top five people you would not want to say something about he his made, daughter. It upset my friend Alan Cson so much. It's the first time I've seen Alan Cson cuss. Yes. Yeah. I, I mean, well, look, I'll say this. I was thrilled to see everybody come to Ryan's uh, defense yes. because we are a family on this. That being said... I see plenty of yards around San Diego that look like they could be mowed and trimmed while Ryan's taking pictures at every radio station in town. What do you, goddamn guy looks like he's on tour, get his picture taken. By the way, those are people that called him because they heard him on this podcast. Those are people that hired Ryan to say, hey, I heard you on the Dave and Jeff podcast. I love Allie Rat and yeah. I love Kaplan. I yeah. do. Those are people that hired him to do work for them. That's great. There's, there's, hey. Middle of the day is work, working hours, Barkley. <laughs> Those are working hours. What do you Three o'clock in the afternoon. Okay? Stop walking around taking pictures of you next to the big fish in the aquarium, Barkley. Because the guy Your dad, on- Scott's already worked for 35 years, okay? The guys on Twitter said if you don't get a picture, it didn't happen. They dared him. They wanted Who a picture. Who dared? Don't dare Barkley. Nobody needs anything <laughs> from gonna him. choke somebody out. Well, is he going to choke him? Does he have enough time, or has he got a tour tomorrow? Is he going I don't to think see, it takes him a lot of time. Is he going to see John and Tammy tomorrow, KSI? <laughs> Where is he going? Going to see Carlos Semesqua, KUSI? Goddamn guy. I'm like, look at this guy. I'm telling people all day long what an amazing job yeah. he's going to do with the yard. Yeah. I, I'll tell you who I didn't see in the picture, and the facts as we followed the lead set by Voice of San Diego. I didn't see Scott Barkley with his arm around everybody. Because no, he he's goddamn out there working. Good on you, Scott. Thirty-five years. I, I could use a lazy river after thirty-five yeah, years. Yeah, Scott's next day off will be his first. I love you, Ryan, but goddamn, okay, you're a dad now. Gee, mini cricket. Yeah, look, I, I will say I, this is what I have found. Yeah, and Barkley knows he's family, and I can't wait to see him on on the first. Yeah, I I. I was told, I, I didn't realize what had happened. So I get a message from the the guy who did it, who was like, oh my God, it was a joke. And I said, well, what are you telling me for? Go tell him. Yeah. Go tell Barkley. Kids are off limits. Kids are always off limits. But kid, and, and especially if you, if you don't have kids, you don't get it. But here's the thing that I've noticed, unfortunately, with what's going on on Twitter, and it, it happens a lot. I, I feel like if you see anything between me and Costa or Woods, uh, Dave, we're all buddies. Yeah, we're smart asses. Yeah, but, like, Darren's not really in that group as far as calling him out, but Woods we've known, we know really well. We've developed a friendship with him over the last year. Um, but me, Dave, and Mike have known each other well, sh- sh- at least – 20 years, I think, um, 22, 23 years, a lot. We're allowed to mess with each other. We don't need you jumping in. 
A lot of you feel like you need to jump in and, and add your dude. We don't need you. You were not on the, unless you were on the bus, unless you're Victor, who was on the bus home and loves to remind Mike that Mike was crying on that bus. Vic, you're invited to rip on Costa as long as you CC me and Dave on it every time. <laughs> but, Dave, my point was going to be on this is that you're seeing a lot of people that are getting really, really nasty on Twitter. Yeah. And I would just say, before you take the bait, just ask yourself, is this how I want to represent myself? Uh, look, you don't need to take advice from me. I just look at it and I go, shit, man, I don't have time for that. I just don't. We're trying to put a charity event on. You go through a divorce. I'm trying to raise two kids. I got uh, a podcast. We're building a website with Kyle Fluger, which is going to be great. Uh, did I mention Lee Sands coming yes, to town? Yes, I think you did. Maybe that's why I'm in a good mood. Um, but there's so many. There, I, I would just say there's a lot. If you listen to this show, um, and I really only follow people that, that I've heard from regarding it, enjoy the fact that there are a lot of cool things that are going on, and a lot of you are playing a big part in it. It's not just me and Dave. It's the support of you guys that are making these things happen. And if you have somebody that's just bugging you, pushing your buttons, or just being a dick, just being a dick, just mute them. Just don't take the bait. Just don't. I, I heard a great interview today with Alec Baldwin on the Stern Show. And Alec Baldwin said, you find yourself on Twitter, and if you take the bait because somebody just says something incredibly nasty to you, whether you're Dave, Jeff, Costa, Woods, or you're just Joe and Alpine. Somebody says something incredibly nasty to you, and then all of a sudden you feel like you have to defend everything that you've done in your life that's right. Don't worry about it. Just say, you know what? You're not really making the day any better. Yeah. And just go, I'm getting out. Uh, Barkley, to me, is somebody was the first guy to step in when we needed a sponsor on this podcast. Um, he was the first guy to say, yeah, I'm in. And I'm going to sponsor that show. Me and my dad are going to sponsor it. That, to me, not outside of the fact that he's a Minnesota guy and he's nuts, but that may, to me, he's family. Yes. And he's family to me and he's family to Dave. And if you're going to say something like that, then you and I are done, man. Barkley is fam Alan Cisan's family. Yeah. Stevie Woods' family. Sasson is family. Um, my man Yeti and Sully, uh, all you guys. But it's like, shit, man, if you, if you just cross that line whether you meant it as a joke or not, I'm sorry, there's just there's no gray area for me. Unless Barkley said to me, hey, man, we got it worked out. They go, all right, cool. But he means a lot to me. Brian Curry means a lot to me. Uh, Daniel, Allen, uh, all these guys. And... You know, if it, if it gets to that, then I, I just you're not you're not doing anything to make my day better. No, not at all. Not at all. I appreciate it. this is a long podcast. Went about an hour forty seven. But well, I, too I fucking it. bad. Okay, we're not here on Sunday because we knocked up a couple of hot chicks. Hot <laughs> chicks were like, we're gonna do it, and Dave and I were like, ah, eh, you know what? And they're like, no, David, upstairs you go. And for me, it was like, get down the street to the Hampton Inn. <laughs> Put a quarter in there, and now we're, you know, we paid the price. Yes. We got kids. 
So Sunday's Father's Day. Oh, how do you uh, just a couple things and yeah. then we'll get out of here. We'll get out of here in under two hours. I'm not doing a show for two fucking weeks. Yeah. Calm down. You're into the desert. Calm down. Is there anything better than being a dad? No, I would say it's the best day of the year. The Father's Day is the best day of the year. The being a dad has been the best thing to happen. It's the thing I take most pride in by far. Yeah. Um, this year will be different because Lou's not here. Yeah. And I will not end the show before Father's Day without saying this about Lou Palais. We're paying tribute to him on August the 1st. My company, Upper Deck, is doing a tribute card to him. He was a great guy. And what I loved about Lou, and I didn't have a lot of dealings with him, but what I loved about him was he had quirks that all of us have as dads. And I think the thing that, that I appreciate the most about it was he may not have been the perfect dad, but goddamn, he was about as close as it got. And all that, all the crazy shit that we laughed about on this show, the slow clap that we all got up and did, the, the, you know, he, he was so good to cats that had social disorders and bringing them in and doing it. But Dave, on, on Sunday, uh, for my man Barkley, for my boy Stevie Woods, for Alan Cson, yes. and, and so many of you that are, are dads, enjoy it. Because as I say to my sons the other day, why this means more to me than Christmas or Thanksgiving or my birthday is anybody can be a dad. Anybody can take my wife and I. We're not at the Hampton Inn. Come on. <laughs> we're at an embassy suites. Give me a little credit. <laughs> anybody can get a girl pregnant. That there That's not the challenge especially a couple of dorks like us. <laughs> but where the challenge comes is being the father and being the father and being there every day. And right now for my boy, Stevie Woods, poor little Bo, colicky, brother, every day it gets oh, He's better. almost done. He'll be done with it very soon. Well, he's like bullshit. <laughs> Feels like it takes. We've all been there. Yeah, but it, well, for him, he's gonna. I guarantee you, this thing's not gonna go more than six months. He's gonna start really enjoying don't, this. Don't start putting time frames on. Okay, you you calm down over there, Doctor Wayne Dyer. Let him just figure it I don't out. Even know who Wayne Dyer is Doctor Oz. Do you know him? No, I do know Doctor. Do you know Doctor Frisco Jones? You need yeah, I do. that. Yeah, there you bitch. go. You're a son good. of a bitch. That's pretty good. That was pretty. Good. How did you know Frisco Jones? Don't worry about. All right, and he wasn't a doctor. What? He was a spy. His brother Tony Jones was the doctor. God damn it. Does anybody, is this public knowledge? <laughs> yes. It if you is. General Hospital, people know. Frisco uh, was not a doctor. You're pretty confident in saying I'm that. Very if this confident. turns out it's not public knowledge, I did not out Frisco. <laughs> I was sure he was an ophthalmologist. No, that's how he was off the show all the time, pursuing his singing career because he's supposed to be on spy missions. I no. know. I watched the show for a long time. All right. Let me go back to it. Okay. <laughs> Anybody can be the dad. Being the father is the best. And this is what I talked about with my sons the other day. I said it, it's the greatest job ever. And for all of us that are lucky enough to do it every day, when your son's having a bad day, my son had, he just didn't want to play hoops the other day. I think he just kind of got it and just sit out there in the car and talk to him and, and, I don't know what was going on. He just, uh, but he got it together and got back in the game, and it was great. And and those kind of moments, man, they're special. And for me, before I had kids, yeah, and there were certain guys that I looked to. Uh, Dave was one of them. 
Mike was one of them, but Dave, your dad was another one that I looked at. And and so as we head into Father's Day, enjoy it. Tell your goddamn wife that you load the dishwasher fine. That was a great thing today on Twitter that I enjoyed. All what, of you. What, what happened? I have found, Dave, from a lot of my friends that are dads. Yes. We all share a, a common issue, and that is the goddamn women in our life who are great in so many ways have this goddamn issue that we don't know how to load the dishwasher yeah. right. What's up with that? They're goddamn paying. The, it's a goddamn dishwasher. Calm down. It's not the coats. We don't have the suitcase. Just calm down. So I said today <laughs> on Twitter, talking to dads, a lot of us have determined that, you know what we'd like for Father's Day? You know what we'd like? We'd like you to admit that there's really not that big an issue with how we load the dishwasher. True. I think I'm the best dad in the family. What does she say? She won't. It's weird. She'll do she it. won't acknowledge it. Right. No, you know what's weird? She will not. She won't unload the dishwasher. Is that strange? She'll load it, but she won't unload it. Yeah, of course not. Why? It's clean. All the dishes are clean. Why would you unload it? But then when you put all the dishes away, you're doing that wrong, right? Yeah. Yeah, of course. Uh, you ever try to put something in the in the drainer? We <laughs> we just had this conversation this morning about. You ever folded a fitted sheet? Who needs a yeah. folded fitted sheet? Oh, dude, she's like that. Like it was up to her. it up. No. No, if it was up Jam to her, she'd want to iron the sheets. Like, why would you iron the iron, sheets? What are you, God damn it? was 1938? What are we yeah. talking about? Because her mom used to iron the sheets. Oh, my God. I don't know what the hell the deal is. So here's the deal. Man. Calm the down, argument, Nikki Hilton. The argument we had, we had today before she got the plane, because I won't see her for two weeks, is that we have the silverware, but when you yeah. run out of the silverware, there's a drawer over there that has you know, nice silverware, you know? Oh, God. You know, the kind of your grandmother leaves you? She's, which is she's hyperventilating on this plane, wondering what her house is going to look like. Oh, yeah, she, she, oh, she is. It's going to look like a frat house in there. She is. It's funny. I found out she gave my older son money for a maid to come by in a week, and I said, she gave you money? What? Yeah. So, anyway, we have silver that was left to us by her mom or whatever. She's okay. like, you know, that's the good silverware. You, know, you shouldn't be using that. Yeah. I was like, no one gives a shit. I go, yeah, what you, who, nobody uses China anymore. Nobody yeah. dresses up for dinner. No one, what are you yeah, talking about? What are we about? doing here? I go, it's a plate. It's a plate. A, not a the fork Carringtons. is a fork. Yeah, yeah John exactly. Forsythe's not coming yeah, back to John life. John Forsythe's not coming over. And so she, she got upset that I didn't appreciate her nice dishes in her Yeah, head. she'll get over <laughs> nice it. forks and knives. Yeah, she'll get over it. So that's all I said for Father's Day. You know what? You know what he'd like? Dad doesn't need a tie, okay? He doesn't know, go to Pinnacle Peak. Any of these shitholes? That place still open? I don't know. Bill Wardell moved away. <laughs> Enough. Okay? Enough. I'm not yeah. going to say anything adult-oriented. It's not. You know what we'll get by with? Just go, you know what? I've, I've probably been a little obnoxious about the dishwasher. You're doing just fine. The dishes come out clean. Yeah. All I know is when I was 13 years old, I licked dishes at the Triton in Cardiff. Nobody sent the dishes back. Those ramekins that I had to put my finger in. Sour cream and butter. Fuck. Everything in that place stunk worse than before. Right? Nobody came back. We were, we were a high-end restaurant in Cardiff. Yeah. Nobody was like, hey, I can't drink out of this. It sucks. All right? We know what we're doing. I didn't see any of you back there, teeny boppers. Yes. You were working at Spencer. Right, Except, fake vomit on the on the shelves. That's what you were doing, you little teeny boppers, <laughs> working at Square Pan Pizza. Uh, so, Dave, happy Father's Day you to too. you. Thank you very much. Happy Father's Day to all the dads out there. We are going to be off next weekend. We will be back when we're back. Dave, when are you back from Arizona? Do you know the date? I'll be back on the twenty second. 
So we do a show on the 24th. 24th. All right. 24th. So, yeah, we'll be back the 24th. So uh, enjoy it. Uh, to our guys, Brian Curry and to Barkley and all the rest of those guys, happy Father's Day to all of you. Be safe out there. Follow us on Twitter at Dave Palais. Follow me at Jeff Dotson. Please go to the GoFundMe page. Make your small donation so we can see you all on August the 1st. Perfect. All right. We'll talk to you guys soon. He was a giant And I was just a kid I was always trying To do everything he did I can still remember Every lesson he taught me Growing up, learning how to be Like my old man He was a lion We were a father's pride but I was defiant When he made me walk the line He knew how to lift me up And when to let me fall Looking back, he always had a plan My old man My old man on his hands and dusty overalls my old man now I finally understand I have a lot to learn from my old man Now I'm a giant Got a son of my own He's always trying To go everywhere I go Do the best I can To raise him up the right way Hoping that he someday wants to be Like his old man Trying to fill 